Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. And you know what's closer than you think? The presence and power of divinity. It is closer than our breath. It is closer than our bones. It is the truth of who each and every one of us is and who we've come here to be. I want to set that up as a reminder to the next thing I want to share, which is a prayer we posted on Facebook this week. I mentioned at the close of service last week that yet another war had broken out in the Middle East. And you are all painfully aware of what's happening. And there is a very complex history there. I don't even want to go into it. But what I want to go into are the words of the prayer that we shared on Facebook uh, that we can affirm together as a praying community committed to the upliftment of consciousness. I invite you to, to join me and let's speak these words out loud. It'll sound kind of odd because we'll all speak at different cadences. Let's just know that is the beauty of prayer together. Spirit of the universe, as we witness the carnage of war, we affirm protection, healing, and comfort for those caught in the web of conflict. We affirm divine wisdom and courage for the leaders whose decisions can bring a compassionate and speedy end to the destruction of life and property. And we affirm with conviction the belief that mutual respect can lead to permanent peace that allows Israelis and Palestinians to thrive and allow their children to grow together as friends. This we affirm in the name and through the power of the living Christ presence. Let's just take a moment and allow those words to settle. Thank you. I sometimes hear the question, when the latest war breaks out or the latest atrocity happens, where is God in all of this? The answer is everywhere. In a couple different ways. In one way, each and every one of us is indeed an individualized expression of the creative magnificence of the universe. Our second unity principle says that each and every one of us has a spark of divinity within. We call it the Christ. You can call it the spirit within. You can call it anything you want. But the truth is there's divinity inherent within all of us. The question is, to what extent are we living from that divinity? It would seem that there are those who, for whatever reason, live very little from that place. But because each and every one of us is embored and endowed by our Creator with free will, some folks use their free will in order to meet some sort of perceived need with a strategy that is harmful to themselves and others. That strategy might be greed or fighting or or taking what doesn't belong to one, or harming others. For one way or another, they're using a, they have some sort of a need 
and the strategy they're employing to meet the need makes the news. That's an understatement. The flip side is there are those folks who recognize that they are one with the power of all that is good and will live from that point of view and will seek consistently to be a part of a solution to any problem they see and will use any tool available to do so. First and foremost, we begin with the power of prayer. We begin with the power of self-awareness to understand what it is I'm thinking, what it is I'm feeling, and why am I thinking and feeling that, and then what am I going to do about it to affect a positive outcome in my own personal life, my neighborhood, and the world. Everybody can do something, and something is always 100% more than nothing. I one time heard somebody lament about a tragedy and they said, where is God in this situation? And somebody else answered, look for the helpers. Look for those who are working for good. Look for those who will be the heart of God, the mind of God, the hands of God, the voice of God, the feet of God in the world, working to give their thoughts and prayers actions that will make a difference. I also hear people say often, it just seems like everything's getting worse and worse in the world. Anybody ever feel that way? I know I feel that way. And it occurred to me, why do I feel that way? Because I've studied a lot of history. I love history. And if you read history, unfortunately, what generally gets recorded as history is man's inhumanity to man. Lots of stories. We go around the world and we say, oh, this is where this battle took place and this is where this person died and this is where this awful thing happened and this is where that awful thing happened. We kind of get this notion that history is just a matter of awful things. And we kind of get this notion that the world's going to hell in a handbasket, pardon my language, because of the news. Well, I've I want to invite us into becoming aware of our perspective. Perspective makes a difference. I don't in any way, shape, form want to diminish what's happening in Israel, Palestine, Ukraine, Sudan, Myanmar, you name it. I don't want to diminish any of that because it's awful. Let's just call it what it is. And yet history seems to be a recording of what's awful. And what's worse for us are two factors. One, there are nearly 8 billion people on this planet. We have more people on this planet than we've ever had before. And secondly, we have a pandemic of infobesity. Now, I heard this word infobesity. I didn't hear it. I actually read it in the newspaper a couple years ago. It really stuck with me because I kind of related to it. Um, this... My tablet gets news. My phone over there gets news. A lot of people's watches gets news. I get a newspaper delivered to my house. I have a television bringing me news. And because of the capacity to communicate instantaneously with anybody around the world, like with Millicent, who was just in Greece yesterday and is now back there, you know, you can, you can hear and find out anything that's happening anywhere on planet Earth immediately. 
infobesity. And many people think, oh, it's so much worse now than it used to be, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. That's right, because we didn't have these things. Everything wasn't automatically put in our faces with the same clip and the same newsreel all the time. Again, not diminishing everything. But I'm not necessarily sure the world's any worse than it's ever been. And I'm convinced of something even better than that, even bigger than that. That that which we call God is still bigger. One of my, my ministerial partner in Florida used to use this phrase, and I've mentioned it here before, because of the truth that it conveys. Do you tell God how big your problems are, or do you tell your problems how big your God is? Because I'm keenly aware of the sheer volume and numbers of people working to make the world a better place. I'm aware of all the people who are a part of love groups, and love groups are the opposite of hate groups. You can go online and find a listing of all the hate groups in the country and all around the world. But if you look carefully, you'll realize there are more love groups than ever before. People working for the healing of sickness and disease, people working for peace, people working to feed their neighbors, people walking into harm's way because they are moved by spirit to be a force of good and compassion in the world, people feeding the homeless, people feeding and make taking care of those who are homeless. We partner with many, many organizations in our agency area blah, right here doing tremendous work of being the hands and the heart of God in the world. International aid agencies proliferate. People are committed to living from the truth that where there is love, there is hope, there is healing. And we have more people than ever doing that work. Now here's the problem. Feeding the homeless and providing medicine and researching disease and, and all that sort of stuff doesn't bleed. Because, you know, in the media, if it bleeds, it leads. Kind of explains why in the nightly news you get 28 minutes of awful. And now for tonight's feel-good story, we found a puppy. You know, like, really? So I just say that, not in any way, shape, form to diminish what's happening in the world, but to let us realize how much of the infobesity we are getting and to realize ever more fully and completely how important it is for us to gather in settings like this to affirm the truth of the goodness of God in the world and in each other, and our capacity to make a positive impact in the world. We come together to meditate, to go into the silence, to connect with spirit as we understand it to be, to be renewed and restored. We hear these wonderful songs. We sing them together so that we might raise our vibration to that of empowerment and to remember and remind ourselves that we love one another whether we know each other or not. And we don't even love each other in this circle and those joining online. We love everybody. And that our work of mercy and our work and justice is grounded in the divine idea of love. Jesus said, love one another. 
even those who persecute you. Dr. King even said the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. And because there are 8 billion of us now, and we're all getting this stuff 24-7, it's hard to keep that vision in mind, but it is still the truth. And we are the truth. So we gather in settings like this as faithful people gathered in settings on Friday night and all around the world on Sundays, Saturday nights, whenever they gather, to remind ourselves this is the kingdom that we are seeking to see be expressed in the world. This is why we want to raise our own individual consciousness above violence, above scarcity, above fear, above guilt, and above shame to the point we remember that we are all individualized expressions of the Christ. We're all doing that. I don't know if you can reach behind yourself and give yourself a pat on the back, but that's why we gather. You might think, well, there's really nothing I can do. Stop that. Holding the vision for what you do want in the world is something. Something is always 100% more than nothing. Making a donation to whatever aid agency speaks to your heart is something. It doesn't have to be huge, it just has to be something. And something is 100% more than nothing. And when you have the opportunity to speak the word of peace, to speak the word of justice, to speak the word of wholeness and health, do it. It makes a difference. That's where the magic happens. So let us remember our God and that same divinity that lives within us is bigger than the facts. And even though the facts are awfully scary and shake us to our core, let's be honest about that. That is not the last word. That is not the last word. Jesus said, peace I live with you, not as the world gives peace, but take heart, I have overcome the world, the world of, of, of fear and facts. That's the world we are overcoming because we are choosing the higher vibration. We can be present with the facts, we can do something about that, whatever it is ours is to do, but we don't have to stop there. Let us come to the place where we realize that is make real the beloved community. Let us keep our eye focused on the long-term goal and never give up hope. That's why we gather, to remind ourselves of the truth that every one of us matters, to remind ourselves to look for the good, even if it doesn't make the front page, to look for it, and more importantly, to be it and to know that we are it. There's nothing you have to do. You just have to accept and acknowledge. I am the good I seek to see expressed in the world. So I'm going to light my fire. And I'm going to light everybody else's fire too. We are all too important and too necessary to get bogged down and put a bushel basket over our light. Let's take a deep breath in. Can I get an amen? All right. All right. Let's change gears. Big magic. Big magic. It's our annual fall series. Unity Awakening 2023. Big magic. 
overcoming fear to live a creative life. And what we've just talked about is fearful stuff that would prevent and preclude us from living a creative life. And yet living a creative life does include making music and making paintings and all of that sort of stuff. It also includes simply how do you live your life? Because each and every one of us, whether or not we know it or accept it, are working on right now constructing a masterpiece. Every one of us. And you know what that masterpiece is? It's you. It's your life. And all artists and creative people start at various and sundry places. Some start uh, with a silver spoon in their mouth and work their way up from there. That's right. <laughs> we start there with a smoking jacket and a silver spoon. Most don't. Most start somewhere down here. And yet everybody along the way, regardless of whether you're from Easy Street or Skid Row, probably have something you're afraid of or some way, shape or form, some belief or some attitude, maybe one you've adopted or somebody has thrown on you that says, you know, you're either too much of this or not enough of that. Anybody ever have that experience? Start thinking I'm either, uh, I'm not the right one or I'm too much of this, too much of that sort of thing. The whole point of this series is to awaken the fact that we are all inherently creative and our creativity shows up in a lot of different ways, whether it's in our art, whether it's in how we engage in relationships, whether it's in our professional lives, any number of ways it shows up. The truth is we all are creative people. And yet some of us are waiting for permission to acknowledge that fact, which reminds me of being in elementary school and needing a permission slip. Anybody ever get a permission slip? Maybe you're, some of your parents now, you have to sign a permission slip. Johnny can go to the animal farm and stay there. He's been so awful this week. No, that's, but we don't put that in. But it reminds me, but I can't help but do this work. I use words. Words are part of my creative process, right? So I was thinking about the word slip. It has a lot of different meanings. So we can talk about slip as in slip and fall. And welcome winter. Uh, we talk, away, talk about the word slip as in, as in getting away, like that sneaky fox gave us the slip and got away. We talk about slip as in getting fired. I went to work today and got a pink slip. We talk about work as in something one wears under a dress, you know, for modesty's sake. I guess. I don't know. I've never worn one. We, <laughs> we talk about slip as in saying something you didn't mean to say, but you said anyway. It's like when somebody says, how was dinner? And you meant to say, oh, it was delicious. And you say, oh, it was dog food. I mean, uh, yeah, it was delicious. That's a Freudian slip, that sort of thing. And then we talk about the little piece of paper, the permission slip. But does any one of us really need a permission slip to live a creative life? The answer is no. And as uh, Elizabeth Gilbert says in this wonderful book, Big Magic, create, that, that you do not need anybody's permission to live a creative life. And yet there have probably been times when we have adopted the notion or the belief we're not very creative at all. And yet, if you somehow got to here today, you had to be creative in how you fed yourself, how you dressed yourself, how you got here driving down the road, how you navigated life's challenges and problems and opportunities. You had to have some sort of creative thought process to get through it to get to here. Again, another pat on the back. The second one today, y'all are doing all right. 
But here's the question for us. Do we really see our lives as a work of art? Or maybe another way of phrasing that is a work of heart. Because when we do that, then we can lean into our life, as we talked about last week, with curiosity. How else might I show up in the world? How might I engage this seeming problem and turn it into a, a blessing? How might I address this relationship? How might I use my gifts and talents in a new and fresh way? That's the creative life we're talking about. And all of us are creative all the time. There was a line in, in the book on page 113, and it just really stuck out for me as, as being significant. Elizabeth Gilbert writes, No way was I going to give up on my work, and in this case she's talking about her writing, simply because it wasn't working. Trust me, as somebody who gets writer's block from time to time, like yesterday, I know what this is. She said that wasn't the point of it. The rewards had to come from the joy of puzzling out the work itself. She's talking about using joy to just live in life. And from the private awareness that I had chosen a devotional path and I was being true to it. Let me repeat that. No way was I going to give up on my work simply because it wasn't working. That wasn't the point of it. The rewards had to come from the joy of puzzling out the work itself and from the private awareness I held that I had chosen a devotional path and I was being true to it. So, if your life is your masterpiece, is it your devotional path? And when I think about what's a devotional path, and I thought it was a very peculiar choice of words. I think about people who, women who enter a convent or men who enter a monastery of some sort or those who, who really answer a, a calling to be or do something in the world, something unique to them. But then I realized my life and your life is a devotional path. And to what then am I devoted in this path? And the answer I came up with, and perhaps it's one that will, is yours as well, is my devotion is to knowing my creator and to knowing myself as a vital and important aspect of creation. So that way I can take every situation in my life and ask myself, where am I experiencing divinity in this situation? Now, there's sometimes that's really easy, right? When everything's going well, it's like, oh, yeah, because I am in the know and in the flow, and this is feeling great. God is on my side. Conversely, even if things aren't going great, quote, unquote, God is on your side in that there is the opportunity to experience divinity in the hardship and the challenge as well. Nobody likes to go there, but it's kind of a way of salvaging the experience, right? saying like the utilizing an entrepreneurial mindset. So, so if there's a pile of yuck here that seems to be my life today, well, how can I leverage that into something? What can I create with that? Do I make it into a sculpture? Do I roll it out and bake it like phyllo dough? What can I do with this? Which is another way of saying, what can I learn? What can I discover about myself? How can I be curious about this situation in such a way 
that it awakens my awareness more fully to the truth of my being. That's how I look at living a devotional path of deepening my connection and communion with divinity. Perhaps there's a new practice I can experiment with to help me find the meaning and purpose of that. Maybe whatever my practices have been need to change. Let me just try something else. I need to quicken that courage to do so. And yet, wherever we are, God is. Remember that experience that we talked about at Easter time, Holy Week. Starts out really good, palms on Sunday. Hosanna, Hosanna, welcome to town, JC, let's hear. Welcome all over my coat. By the end of the week, it looks pretty rotten, right? And yet that archetypal story tells us that when we are going through our own holy week or weeks, sometimes you get a whole month of them. Uh, sometimes it even seems like years of, it's holy year. Uh, at the very end, we are always made aware that the presence and power of divinity was there all along. It never went away. That to me is helpful. And that to me gets back to why we gather in settings like this, so we can celebrate the good times and the richness and warmth and the joy of life. And when it's rough, we're going to hold hands. Now hold hands, honey, and we're going to get through this. That's part of how we live our devotional life and create our masterpiece. As if you've written a master's thesis, a PhD dissertation, created a work of art, or just made dinner with very few ingredients you know, you know there's creativity at work. Giving thanks for you for saying yes. There's a problem. Oh, there are lots of problems in all this. I got notes, all kinds of notes of problems. And I want to just bring us aware of something. Something we're going to end on a high note. I'm going to like note. There's one problem in all this, is that when we find ourselves in that state of yuck, there's a tendency to complain. I spent all last week there. If anybody was around me, you'll say, gosh, Russell, you're just like no fun. And I'm, I wasn't even fun to me even for that matter because I was spending a lot of time complaining about stuff. It just, I had a whole grocery list and, and I've lost it. I was going to read it to you, but I, I lost it. I deleted it. Complaining takes away the joy. Now, there's one thing to say, you, you know, acknowledge this is how I feel. This is what's going on. This is just what it is. Great. As I've shared with you before, my partner, uh, ministerial partner in St. Petersburg and I had a rule. Uh, you can complain for 15 minutes and I'll actually listen for the first three. But after that, we got to get back to work. Because, you know, she had to file her nails and that sort of thing. So, gave her time to do that. But I just want to invite you, when you're listening, when you start, you're, be aware of listening to your complaining, because what complaining does, it chases off the inspiration. It just says, oh, I'm sorry. Inspiration just says, I guess you don't have time for me. You're entertaining somebody else right now. I'll go away. So just a little reminder, if you catch yourself whining, complaining, just acknowledge, okay, acknowledge it. Okay, I'm doing it. Acknowledge what you're feeling and then decide to say something else, such as, I decide to embrace a creative life and get myself back on track. So that's enough for today. Peace be with you. Namaste. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. 
We appreciate your donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.